We are at the very end of the book of Second Peter, and we're concluding. The plan is to conclude Second Peter tonight. We're just going to be reading Second Peter three seventeen and eighteen. Here's God's holy and infallible word. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, could you go back to the... um, Verse 17, yeah. So, like I mentioned last week, there are three very, very big ideas, very large and significant topics in these last two verses. Entire books have been written on these topics. And before he gets to them, even, we saw how he starts out with that word, dear friends, like, Peter has throughout this book. Literally, it's loved ones, beloved. So that tells us Peter's approach in in bringing God's message to the believers. And then we talked a little bit, too, about since you already know this, and that we see often in 2 Peter and throughout the Bible this idea of remember remembering that such a vital part of our personal walk, our personal devotions, our corporate worship, what the church does, uh, we're, we're remembering what was given to us and, and owning it. And then he gets to these, these three very big topics. And last time we talked about being on our guard so that we're not carried away by the error of lawless men. And then we started last week, but we didn't quite finish it, talking about this idea of growing in grace and knowledge, and that's the beginning of verse 18. And we talked about how it's a natural thing for life to grow, right? Naturally, life grows, whether it's plant life, human life, animal life, things grow. Um, And that's true of the Christian life, too, especially when we take a long view. We should be able to see growth in our Christian walk. And I say the long view because if we just take a short view, sometimes we're going to be discouraged. Like, if you just, I don't know how your day went, obviously, but let's just pretend today was like a normal day. Did I grow in my faith from the moment I woke up until tonight? Maybe, maybe you did, but also maybe you had uh, a major issue or argument or conflict with with a family member or, or a church member. So there are times, in other words, in the short term that we take a couple steps back in the Christian life. And we shouldn't despair about that. We should be grieved about it, but we shouldn't despair about it. So that's why I'm saying, in the, but in the long view, with God's grace, 
hopefully there's growth over the decades, even if not every single week or every single day, right? Does that make sense? Now, uh, what, one thing we didn't talk about was how we grow as Christians, and that's what I want to start with a bit tonight and uh, talk a little bit more about the growing, the growing in grace, and then we'll conclude with uh, the final major topic. How do you grow in grace? How do you grow in your Christian life, right? Um, so some people have taken the approach in the history of the church and even these, even today, uh, to become like a monk or a nun or a hermit. In other words, do things that extremely, and, and to a lesser extent than those, this is, you know, the Amish are Christian people. It's separating from the world as much as possible. Um, monks, nuns, hermits kind of take that to an extreme, but you get the idea, right? There's bad stuff in the world. Uh, the world makes us fall. <laughs> so some people approach Christian growth, if, um, if I can separate myself as much as possible from the world, I'm going to grow. Um, some don't separate that much, but there are folks, you know, that maybe go to seminary um, or to a Bible college to become a pastor or a missionary. And some people approach this with this thought, if I would follow a holy calling, a holy calling, then I'll sort of be growing automatically versus doing some secular job. So I'll do a holy job. Or we go to conferences, we go on service projects, we go to a special meeting at a nearby church to get slain in the spirit, uh, to be around people who speak in tongues. In other words, another way that, that people can think about it is approaching the Christian life and, and growing by looking for as many mountaintop experiences or what we consider mountaintop experiences as we can possibly get into our lives. And then I'll grow. I wouldn't say none of the things that I just mentioned are bad, um, but it's much more growth, is much more about our everyday walk, our everyday life, right? If you think about a plant, um, I worked in, in greenhouses when I was younger during the summers when I was in college, but you wouldn't even have to work in greenhouses to figure this out, that for a plant to grow well, it's not going to work to kind of let it be, and then every few weeks just douse, douse it with tons and tons of water, or once a month pack in the fertilizer, or half a day a week put it in bright, bright sunshine or sun lamps. Doing those kinds of extreme things would probably do more harm than good for a plant, right? And, and for physical health and for physical growth, too, going from a little baby to an adult, it's not about sudden 
jarring periods of eating tons of food, taking all kinds of vitamins, uh, drinking gallons of water, exercising like mad for a few weeks or a month, but otherwise not exercising, otherwise not taking in food or drink. Now we know that the Holy Spirit can and does use circumstances of life for us as believers to take leaps forward. And maybe some of you have had that in your life. I know I have. Uh, whether it's a special time on a cadet camp out, a special conference that you went to, a really great service week, a period of suffering in your life, but leaps in growth are more the exception, it seems, than the rule. For Christian growth, like for most kinds of growth, it happens when certain steady conditions exist. And I want to talk about several of those steady, certain, day-by-day conditions that are going to be conducive to our growth. And, And the one is simply being fed. We feed on God's word, the Bible. First Peter, his first letter, talks about us as babes desiring the word to grow. And we speak of the means of grace, especially preaching and the sacraments. And we could talk about lesser means of grace than those that happen in public worship, like prayer, meditation, reading Christian books, having deep relationships with other believers. We're to feed ourselves with all of those various things, starting with God's word. Um, We exercise to grow, too, in our Christian life. In other words, we put into practice what we believe. We actively live the Christian life as God's servants. And we exercise our faith muscles. And we can do that by putting our trust in God day by day, even when life or times seem hopeless. We exercise by looking for opportunities to show the love of God to him that he puts in our hearts and to show his love in our hearts to those around us. And all of that exercising, living out the faith, leads to growth. Um, Something that we maybe wouldn't immediately think of uh, is that we also need... uh, rest to grow. And if you think about our just normal day-to-day lives, um, we can pretty, we know when our little kids, when kids are very small, especially um, need their rest. They can be so sweet, but with not, with lack of proper rest, they get very ornery. And that's I'm the same way, actually. You can ask my family. But when kids, or if I, get proper rest, oh, man, you feel so refreshed. You're ready to take on the day, and you'll enjoy the day. Uh, You'll be pleasant, and and your mood will, will be positive, right, with that proper rest. And we need to uh, rest to grow as Christians, too. And we could talk about... um, rest in a couple different ways that are related. Uh, when, you, when you read the Bible, you, you know, you can be reading your Bible, 
growing in your devotional life. You can be busy serving all you want, but if your mind in the midst of all of that isn't at rest, if it's not at peace, you're not going to be able to grow through those activities, right? Uh, We're called, though, to rest in our Father's everlasting arms, and we come to realize that the Lord does our work for our salvation, and we're just called to rest in his amazing grace. Jesus says that, right? Lay your burdens on me, especially the burdens of sin. Come to me, he invites each one of us. I will give you rest, and then we day by day, week by week, are called to live out of that rest that God has given us with regular Sabbath days as Jesus, as the Lord um, created this world, um, and even daily making sure we're getting the rest we need. Um, Balanced lives with rest that exemplifies our total dependence on the Lord and that ultimate rest that we have in Jesus. And if we're living frantic lives without regular daily rest, without weekly Sabbath days of rest, what are we saying? Well, we're saying, I don't need the Lord's rest in our actions. I can do it on my own. I can power through uh, whatever I need to in my own strength. We grow through, we grow through discipline, too. Right? None of these things that we're talking about, rest, exercise, feeding on God's word, um, none of them can be done randomly or sporadically or just at certain times in our lives. We're called to as much as possible to always be on guard against evil, regular in worship, steady in our devotional life, um, steady and meaningful and deep relationships with fellow Christians and those outside the church that we're sharing our faith with. Um, We don't take days off and think, you know, I don't really think I'm going to be a Christian this coming Wednesday. I'm going to take the day off. Um, I'm not not really going to, I'm not feeling it today. Um, as one, one pastor put it, um, this is Rick Warren from Saddleback Church in Southern California, um, and I'm sure many others have said this too, life, the Christian life, life is a constant test, uh, and, and there's no letting up of the testing, making good choices, and, and so we're called to be disciplined in our growth and in keeping ourselves under and in the conditions that promote spiritual growth. Um, Something else about growing is how to tell whether or not we are growing. And there are a couple ways that I want to suggest that are not really helpful one way or the other that we might try. How did I word that? Oh, okay. There we go. Um, one unhelpful way to tell is comparing ourselves with other people, maybe other Christians, around us. And uh, the way to do that and, and feel good about yourself is uh, to find people in the world 
or in the church that are doing very poorly in their Christian life, right? Um, you know, read the news and, and look at all the, uh, the, the crimes there. Um, look at, you know, you might think of someone you know who very sadly their marriage is struggling, they're on the rocks. Um, and then we can think, because we have these tendencies to think poorly, like, well, I must be doing, pre- I'm doing pretty good compared to them, compared to them. Uh, but to use a standard uh, that's so low, in other words, we can use a standard that's very, very low so that we feel satisfied with where we are and, and start saying or thinking stuff, well, you know, at least the sins I have aren't as bad as, as these other people's sins. Um, there's another way that we can sometimes think of ourselves or, or look at others. Um, we can't measure our spiritual growth really in terms of activity, Christian activity. Even large amounts of activity in our Christian life. We're busy serving. We're on five committees. We're volunteering in 20 ministries. And while a servant's heart is great and wonderful, having lots of Christian activity and service in our lives is not necessarily a measure or a sign of growth. In fact, sometimes when something isn't right in our own lives and we know something's not right, whether it's between us and God or us and uh, a brother or sister in the church, we can try to make up for it. We can try to counteract feelings of guilt that we have in our life by just getting really busy in Christian things. I want to talk, I think, next about three... Yes, great. Thank you, Logan, for anticipating my needs. So there are at least three characteristics of of Christian growth. Um, One is an increasing sense of our own sinfulness and unworthiness, which sounds a little dire, right, and a little dim, but this is not, I'm not inviting us to be sort of dark and depressed and negative about our lives all the time, but, right, it's, it's, but it's this, you're not going to grow in the Christian life if you don't realize you are not perfect. If you think you have nowhere to go, if you think you don't have room to grow, that's, that's what I mean by that. So as we grow, we more and more realize how far we have to go, how much we haven't arrived, how much we fall short of the Lord. And so when you get to that point and realize how far we've fallen from grace and even how imperfectly we, li- we live the Christian life, that's going to inspire us to grow, to want to grow, right? Another sign of growth is when we have a real and get a real awareness of spiritual conflict in the world when we are grieved 
by the state of the world and when we have this desire uh, to pray for the world and pray against spiritual warfare in the world, praying for revival, uh, praying that others would come to know the, the love of God in Jesus. If that just, just grieves us and we just want Jesus to come and the Holy Spirit to bring renewal and change in our lives, in our church, in our nation, that's a sign of a maturing Christian who, who thinks and prays along those lines. Finally, uh, desiring God more. Loving him and wanting his glory more than we used to. Desiring himself more than we used to. And not just wanting him or loving God for the gifts and blessings that he gives us, right? That's an immature attitude. That's a child's attitude. Loving their mom and dad for all the gifts and, and stuff that they get from them, but instead desiring him, loving him more just for who he is and because he loved us first. So the third big topic, guarding ourselves, growing in grace and knowledge, uh, then finally at the very end we have the glory of God. To him be the glory both now and forever. And uh, this reminds us of the Christian life and faith that Peter's been talking about through the letter. If it weren't clear already, it's reminding us that it's not about us. But it's about the good news of Jesus Christ. And that good news was designed for us, for our benefit, for our salvation uh, for all of God's people everywhere who will ever turn to him, but it begins and it ends with him. Everything else, everyone else, is secondary to our great God. And, and, and that the most essential part to growing in grace uh, that we really haven't directly hit yet is that uh, we look to Christ and not to ourselves. And, and, and we need to be reminded of that as, as we seek to grow so that we don't stay stuck on ourselves. We look to Jesus. Uh, we look at him. We'll become more like him as we meditate on him and as we desire him more. Uh, we want to please him, do his will, promote his kingdom. Uh, and the byproduct of all of that, putting him first, will be growth. Peter has dealt with various problems, taught us various things, given us some warnings. He's encouraged us way at the beginning of the book in our precious faith, but it all comes back to Jesus as he concludes the letter. And we can ask ourselves, are we concerned about Christ's glory are we living lives in such a way that the glory goes to Jesus? And that's the ultimate sign of growth, that it's not all about us, uh, but we want to give God the glory. 
We know a bit of what that means, uh, giving glory as we think about our, our country and if, if we're patriotic, right? Uh, we know what it is uh, to stand for and with our country, to want our country's name to be uh, great in the world and, and, to be, and, and to honor our country, we talk about. Presidents, presidential candidates emphasize this all the time, uh, whether they want to emphasize America's uh, need in the world to be uh, compassionate or just or have military might. They all have little different focuses, right? Speaking with the flag of our nation behind them, wearing the little flag pins, they promote America. And as Christians, our citizenship is in heaven, but yet we can really appreciate many things about whatever nation we're living in or from our country, the U.S. We can be proud of our country, but Peter is saying that Jesus Christ should be like that, promoted to that level to Christians. Our main ambition is to praise him, to submit to him, to honor him, to lift his name, his flag high. And we do all we can to promote his glory and honor. His glory is the goal of our lives, the goal of our church. Uh, we guard ourselves so that his glory is reflected as much as possible in our lives. And we grow so that he and his glory can be spread through us uh, to more and more people all the time. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, guard us, help us grow, help us to give you all the glory. Lord, in each one of those uh, big topics that your word encourages us in, uh, at the end of this book, uh, we, we want to be more uh, the people that, that you call us to be. Help us uh, to do that. Help us to do it, each one of us here, as we go out tonight and in this week to come. May we go with your word and spirit uh, close to us and filling us and changing us. And may we do all these things together here at this church you've blessed us with faith. It's in your name that we pray, Lord. Amen.